0: Bob Tewksbury, what's going on, my friend?
1: Nothing. Enjoying uh, a few more days in Arizona sun before I head back to uh, New England. But uh, today's an off day, so that's a good thing. First one in a month. That's a so that's a good thing. Well, Just kind of chilling.
0: Let me apologize because you emailed me last night. You're like, "Hey, let's do this at eight o'clock in the morning." I said, "Oh, perfect." So I get up this morning. I go to the gym. I come back at eight o'clock, and I call you. Forgetting you're on Arizona time, it rings three times. I'm like, oh, no, it's 5 a.m. in Arizona. Did I wake you up this morning?
1: I oh. heard the phone go off. Yeah, that was fine. I usually get up at that time anyway, but I was like, holy cow, 5 a.m., wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, though. I uh, usually That's usually the time I get up, so it was – wasn't a big deal but I just wasn't ready to talk <laughs> that early.
0: I have a ton of baseball guys on and I always ask them what's cooler, being on a baseball card or being in a video game.
1: Huh. Uh wow, that's a tough question. Cuz you always you always want to have your first baseball card. Mm-hmm. Um I think the baseball card because when I was in a video game, my son said I always used to get killed by his friends. <laughs> so probably probably a baseball car. There was no trauma involved with it. Uh, it's pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty benign thing.
0: You know, it's funny because I'm a Yankee, the biggest Yankee guy. I got two seats from Yankee Stadium in my apartment here in Manhattan right now. And the funny thing was I played RBI baseball and stuff. Vince Coleman, Ozzie Smith, I think Willie McGee, yeah. and you were on the team because I used to always pick the Cardinals, one, the Yankees stunk, and two, because they had all that speed, so it was like a cheat code, so you would just use the Cardinals, so you you were on my team a lot there, Bob. You helped me win a few oh, games. <laughs> well, I
1: threw strikes, too. That's the other thing. You, you know? did? Hey. I threw strikes, so I didn't strike out a lot of people, but I was able to, um, people picked me because of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no it's cool that's cool what a great question
0: let's talk some baseball because I, I picked up your book 90 mental and oh good what made you want to write a book on the mental skills rather than a biography because i would have been selfish and you had a great career very interesting why do the mental skills thing rather than a full biography on yourself
1: well i didn't i you know i wanted something different and i you know there's with all due respect to the players that have written those those are great and um I just wanted something different especially related to the field that I was in and um, give a different perspective of the game for two two things one, you know, my own struggles with mental skills um, and situations playing and then, number two, how you know I kind of was able to get a second career and then help some you know guys that, that are pretty well known, um, who shared their story about the the stuff, uh, importance of mental skills. So I wanted to kind of normalize it. And Scott Miller did a great job writing it, putting it all together. He's a terrific writer and um, very happy with how things turned out.
0: When you were drafted by my Bronx Bombers, where'd you live while you played for the Yankees?
1: In Hackensack in a hotel.
0: Oh, you, so you never got a place in the city or anything?
1: Never, no. Are you kidding me with this the Columbus shuttle? I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna live in the city. No, I slept in a hotel room every day that that season. Oh, that's um, great. I never had an apartment I, between New York and Columbus. I was in a hotel every day from February until September. Was that a Pretty weird crazy?
0: Was that a weird time? Because it's one of the rare times that the Mets kind of own the city, and it's forgotten that. The Yankees won 80, 90 games. Was it weird being second fiddle like while being a Yankee?
1: Um, well, I didn't really understand all that. I was just happy to be in the big leagues and trying to survive. Uh-huh. Um, I do remember people saying that if we lost and the Mets won, we lost a doubleheader, uh, making reference to that. <laughs> but but in general, I was just trying to worry about my own stuff yeah, and survive.
0: Speaking of survival, what's your welcome to the big league moment?
1: Uh, first pitch I threw in the big leagues. Ken Kaiser was behind home plate, and they had the—that's um, when they had the external uh, umpires had the, the chest protector that uh, mm-hmm. I don't even know what they call it now, but it was they had the external uh, protector, and I threw the first pitch right down the middle, and Kaiser peeked his head out around the catcher and said, ball, and I think, <laughs> you know, he wanted to show me that, you know, who was boss. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> going back to your book and the mental stuff, you played on six different teams. How difficult is it mentally to switch teams, switch cities, and never get a long-term deal, you know, dealing with relationships and being a father, the husband, all that time. Is that tough going mm. from team to team?
1: Um, well, I mean, it's a transition, I think. I think that um, it's definitely harder when you have a family and you're, you know, you really don't have any roots. You're renting and you're storing stuff. Um, but as a player side of it, I think the easy side was the player side because, you know, your job still remains the same. They you don't go to a different team and they ask you to do something different. Um, and then the guys are all, you know, I think there's some um, collegiality that happens that there's some respect and it's like, Hey, how you doing? Or you might know somebody from, you know, another time or another, you know, playing against them in the minor leagues, maybe even with another team. So um, it's easier for the players and for the families. I think
0: when you played and maybe it's a social media thing and everyone's not in everyone's crap right now, but the mental aspect of the game, it seemed overlooked. Um, I think it's more important than analytics now, especially with pitchers, five days in Mm -hmm. between starts, long delays Mm -hmm. during innings. How do you control those highs and lows back then when, I don't know if it was as, if people spoke about it as much?
1: No, I mean, the mental game, you know, when I came in, strength and conditioning was just starting to be prominent um, with, for players and, and, you know, mental, mental skills, mental conditioning, whatever you want to call it, was not something that uh was readily available um or even talked about so what you did is you just learned through trial and error you know you you talked to veterans you know i was fortunate enough to play with ron gidri and um rick roden and joe negro and so i had a lot of veteran guys that i could talk to about stuff but a lot of it's trial and error and you you know you just learn on what you can control and what you can't control. And you, you learn how to um, stay focused on the task at hand. And when you don't do that, the results usually aren't good. So it's, um, you know, it's through practice and repetition.
0: I know you were with the Cubbies last year. You still You still with them?
1: Yeah, still with the Cubs. Yep. So what exactly um, is your role? It's going to be a little different this year. Uh, last year I was mental skills coach uh that i responsibility i shared with john baker who is also a former big league player um and this year um we've had a couple people leave the department and this year i'm going to be a senior advisor to the mental skills so i'll be spending more time supervising the people that are doing the work in the minor leagues Uh, so yeah, so I'm excited about that.
0: I'm going to ask kind of a silly question. You're a respected veteran. Everyone knows who you are. How do you approach some of these uber stars? So I'm just going to use Chris Bryan as an example. He's on a one-for-17 slump. Do you just go up to him and approach him like, hey, Chris, this is what's going on. You need someone to talk to you? How, how does that work no, with some of those no, no. Players? okay.
1: players? No, no. Um, you know, the, we have great staff. I think that you know, if a player – is going through a rough time he generally talks to the hitting coach and looks at video and figures that stuff out um i don't i don't ever approach a player that's struggling i let them come to me um, or try to work through the hitting coach to to um to talk to uh, the player to try to help them um you know i think you have to you have to respect the The players in their position you know if you have a relationship with a kid that comes up through the minor leagues and you've had you know a couple of years with them you know you might feel more comfortable going up and saying hey how you doing but in my situation coming over new and not really certainly aware of how good a player you know some of the young stars are whether it's Javi Baez or Chris Bryant or, you know, I knew Rizzo from the Red Sox minor leagues, but you just, you just kind of, you're there as a resource, um, to help them and, um, but you don't, you don't seek it out. I was wondering if players from
0: other teams have reached out to you or do other teams have like mental health coaches? Cause like a guy like Kershaw being a baseball fanatic, I think Kershaw is the second best pitcher I've ever seen in my life, but mentally in October, I, I, I can't even defend him anymore. Have other teams reach out to you or do other teams put emphasis on this mental aspect of the game?
1: Oh, yeah. A majority of the teams have at least one person providing mental skills services for their players. Um, and some have full staffs of four or five people. But um, I think that... Of the 30 teams, I think that probably 25 or 26 have somebody. So I shouldn't say all the teams do. But um, so there's resources for everybody. And um, so the players uh, have that person to go to should they need it.
0: And what's your uh, opinion, not opinion, of Kershaw? You think that's a lot of mental stuff in October?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't don't think I could – say one thing or the other what i think is is um what happens to to players and not not to single out kershaw or any other great pitcher but you know the, the their expectations i don't think it's the it's not the setting it's not the game it's just their personal expectations i think you know they've they're so good they try so hard that um you know uh, it's easy to get distracted during that time. And, um, it's hard. It's, it's, uh, it's not an easy game. And when the microscope is on you, it's even more difficult, but uh, look, he's a great pitcher. He's going to be a hall of famer. And, um, you know, who knows what the reasons for the postseason stuff are, but I don't think that, I don't think it's all mental.
0: I love that you just used the word microscope because, you know, baseball, besides the pitcher and obviously the hitter, the microscopes on certain sports, thinking golfers like Tiger Woods putting at the Masters, Scott Norwood kicking in the Super Bowl, even free throws. Have you spoken to or done work with other sports? Because the mental aspect, I'm kind of like obsessed with it. And after I read your book, now when I watch like a college kid shooting a free throw in these tournament games, I'm like, oh, my God, the pressure on this kid. He's never experienced anything like this.
1: Yeah, no, I've had, you know, you had mentioned it earlier. I haven't had any teams contact me. Um, you know, I, I really working for the Cubs, I, I can't have um, clients in baseball, but I, I do have college kids and uh, college baseball players, high school players. And I've I've worked with, uh, yeah, a couple of golfers. I've worked with um, – uh hockey players and and some stuff like that and worked with some college teams so um you know it's a variety of things that are out there it's all the same stuff you just kind of you know it's mental skills or mental skills whether it's hockey or baseball or basketball it's slowing the game down using you know imagery breathing concentration Having realistic goals and expectations. I mean, all that stuff plays into play no matter what the sport is.
0: Realistic goals? Well, then you cannot be a Yankee fan because if Cole got shelled the other day in spring training, I came home in bad mood. So forget those realistic expectations, Bob.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's spring training, but their whole, their whole team's banged up. Oh, my, my God. Goodness. I
0: know. It, it is. Listen. The, this is what bothers me as a fan. Obviously, I, I never played in the majors. I don't know if you know that, Bob. I, I never played in the big leagues. But, but you, you, you see, like, Stanton, Paxton, Severino, now Judge, all have lingering injuries from last year. I'm like, how is someone not being held accountable for this? That, there has to be, you know, people have to answer for that.
1: I don't know. You'll have to, you'll have to, that's a, that's a New York talk show subject you oh, have to call in on. And, and, I'm not going to comment on that.
0: And the New York 24-7 now, ESPN, NWFAN, that's all they're talking about. They want every medical guy. No one knows their names. They want them all fired though. That's it, Bob. They need to all go. <laughs> hey, right? B- before we do, well, before we do the quick hit questions, tell everyone where you can get this book and I'll follow you on Twitter and give all the, all your plugs now.
1: Uh, well, the book can be, uh, it's on Amazon. I think that the paperback actually comes out March 10th. The hardcover is sold out, which is exciting. Um, there's also an audio book, you know, so there's Barnes and Nobles carries it. I think that, you know, if you, uh, amazon.com, you can get it. Um, and then, yeah, and I'm not real active on Twitter. I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. I think uh, I'll give it at the end then. <laughs> but you can you can do that. So <laughs> did you yeah.
0: did you do the audio? I have a lot of authors that come on my show. Did you do the audio aspect of the book, or someone else? right I it? did? Did you enjoy no. that time or no?
1: I did. I didn't want someone else to tell my story. Oh, and that's I interesting. I think it's a disconnect mm-hmm. if uh, the author, especially, you know being a personal story. Someone else reads my story. That's, <laughs> I, I need to read my story. So I did it. Yeah, it was fun. Right. 20 hours, of, 20 hours of recording.
0: That was my next question. How long did it take? Cause I hear some that are just days and days. So 20 hours isn't bad. How long, uh, how many days did you, you do that over?
1: I did it for a week, Oof. four hours a day for a week. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. You ready it for was, a few quick kit questions. All right. You and I are at a bar in New York City. You want to impress everyone at the bar. Who's the coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you right back? So you can name drop here.
1: Ooh. The coolest person in my phone. Huh.
0: And, and Bob, like I said, they got to text you back because I got a lot of people who gave me their number and they don't write back to me. So.
1: Hmm. I don't. I'd have. I don't even know. I'd have to think about that. I, I, I can't answer that right now. Right, we're, I, we're there's too add, many names in there.
0: Well, give me a good one. Good one.
1: I. I can't even tell you. Uh, <laughs> John Lester.
0: That's that's a real good answer, though. It's a very good answer. All right. Yeah. Best piece of memorabilia you own?
1: Um. I have a note that the Braves grounds crew put on the pitching rubber at old Fulton County stadium. When I was pitching against them, that said that, um, basically it was like they appreciated how fast I worked and the games were fast. And they said, they said, you get us home at a decent hour. And they, they left me a, uh, they left me a putty knife, which they used to, um, they used to, uh, cleaned off the, around the rubber, pitching rubber. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one has sentimental value. That I like that a lot. That's
0: a really, really good answer. Did you ever ask another player for an autograph?
1: Not for myself. No, for someone else, yeah.
0: Who is appointment watching for Bob Tewksbury? Obviously, I know you're working with the Cubs and stuff, but if there, is there a pitcher or a player, if you're in the hotel room, you have an off day that you just need to watch? No. Really? Why is that? No,
1: because I've seen too much baseball. I'm. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I used to. I used to. When I was playing, it was Maddox or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like that. But now there's nobody that I have to see play. I, I'm glad you said Maddox. Curt Schilling was just
0: on last week, and he said the greatest pitcher he's ever seen was Greg Maddox.
1: Yeah, no he, doubt. He
0: said he was an absolute master. Uh, would you make it in today's game? Not would you ever make it there? Because you'd be fine there. You're an analytic guy. You're a strikes guy. Would you even have the opportunity now? Because everything now is the emphasis of 98 miles per hour. This kid's throwing 101 out of the pen. Do you think you would have that uh, opportunity to make it?
1: No. I, I think that with all of the analytics, I think I, you know, I think I, pro- well, I shouldn't say no. I think that just like the past that I had, You know, Whitey Herzog didn't think I threw hard enough. That's one of the reasons why they didn't bring me up in 1990. Um, But I think over time, you know, I'm like fine wine. Over time, you see it. It's like (laughs) it gets it got better. So maybe with time, I would have still been able to change their mind. But initially, I probably wouldn't even been drafted. If you went by today's standards, um, I may not have even gotten drafted
0: analytically you're a dream you don't walk anybody so you would think on paper be like look at this kid's win record strikeout record to walk how hard does he throw oh that's probably what would happen right
1: yeah totally yeah well back then velocity wasn't such a big deal you know when I was probably average you know velocity maybe even average below but because of my command you know it became a plus so you know if you can't throw it hard you better know where you're throwing it
0: who was Bob Tewksbury's favorite player growing up?
1: Reggie Smith. What, why? I, just, I don't know. He was with the Red Sox. I liked the way he played. He was switch hitter, outfielder that played great defense. Um, so he was my man. One trivia question.
0: What was your career record? Uh,
1: 110 to one. 100. One ten and one oh two. Very good. How many saves did, did you have? I just looked it up. Three.
0: And oh, one. It only says one save.
1: One. One. It was in Philly. Yep. Oh, incredible! And how about you? It was e- a three. It was a three inning save.
0: <laughs> and how about your ERA? Your career ERA.
1: Three nine two.
0: Unbelievable! I love it. How hard can you throw right now? If we put you in the in the cage.
1: In a booth. Yes. At what distance? Regular distance. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. 50? <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. A couple more. One player you thought was going to be really special, but for one reason or another, it just didn't work out. He never reached the ex- expectations you thought.
1: Uh, I, I don't know. I, I try not to judge people about expectations and what they do. There's a lot of players that – Look, there's a lot of attrition in this game and players that don't make it that are really good, and there's a lot of that. So mm-hmm. I can't single out any one person.
0: One, uh, What baseball moment in history do you wish that you could have witnessed live?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Maybe Carlton Fisk's home run in 1975 in the World Series.
0: Oh, when he's waving his hands? That yeah. One. That's a pretty – I always I always say the – I'd always wish to watch Babe Ruth when he called his home run in 32. That's always the one I always go to. But the Fisk one must have been great. Imagine being a fan or in a dugout of that game. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yep. Best baseball movie of all time.
1: Oh, Feel of Dreams.
0: <laughs> and isn't Easy. it that, – Easy. That's a ground ball one. Isn't it great that the Yankees and White Sox are playing there this year in Iowa? That's going to Oh, I
1: think it's so cool. Oh, yeah. that is
0: going to be awesome. And – Last one. 1992 All-Star game. Who was the one player you were an All-Star in 92 was the one player you really wanted to meet?
1: Uh Not really. No. Uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I did meet I I did meet the president. Bush was at the game, so that was Oh, that's incredible. I didn't really want to meet him, but I met him. <laughs>
0: He was there, so you're like, hey, what the heck, right?
1: Yeah, he was there. It's like, yeah, hey, how you doing? What's up, George?
0: In, uh yeah. the last thing I want to tell you, in the memorabilia world, because right before we agreed to do this, you know, I did a Google search on you, went on YouTube, obviously everything on the internet about you is true, and uh, all memorabilia guys said that you're one of their favorites because you take so much time in writing your last name out, writing your name out neat, they had cards and balls and everything, so that's always a huge compliment of yours. Is there a reason why you just take pride in your
1: name and stuff? Writing my name out. Oh, so you can kind of read it. I just think, yeah, no, it's like, I think it's just, you know, I don't know. It's just the standard that I have. You got to be able to read it and not scribble. I think, you know, players should, I just feel like that's the right thing to do, um, to make it legible. So people know who you are. And
0: finally, so I'm not a memorabilia guy. It's funny. I, have, the only memorabilia I ever bought was the seats from Yankee Stadium that my father and I would sit in back in the day. The Yankees sold it. They probably said it was my exact seats. They probably weren't. But we have the seats in my living room. But every guest who comes on my show, I send them something, and they're hanging on this wall in my house. So I'm going to send you something unique to sign for me. Sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. Bob, I know time was limited. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. Good luck this year. Wrigley is an amazing place to watch a game. I went there again last year to watch uh, – my aunt's a Met fan. I took her to Wrigley to watch the game. It's incredible watching the Ivy <clears throat> and Wrigleyville. Oh, it's
1: a, yeah, I think it's one of the best. You know, I spent a lot of time at Fenway working for the Red Sox, and and that's a pretty special place. But Wrigley during the, there's nothing better than baseball at Wrigley during the day. There really isn't.
0: Well, well, that's what she did. She uh, She's a diehard Met fan. And, she, you know, we go to a few away games. I want to go to Wrigley. I'm like, listen, if we go, we got to go to a day game. It doesn't make sense. To go. So we flew in. Uh, we actually flew in on a Saturday – a Friday night, slept over, and Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon went to the Mets game. And it was just – it's just a different experience. But you were lucky, Bob. You played in St. Louis, Boston, and now you're with the Cubs. Those are three monst- – and the Yankees, those are the four biggest sports
1: uh, baseball. Well, I didn't yeah. – yeah, I didn't play for the Red Sox. I worked there. But, uh, yeah, I played for the Yankees. The Cubs. I stunk when I was with the Cubs. I was <laughs> one and eight. You know, they used to say things about my mother. I didn't know she had army boots up under people's beds. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> so, yeah, a lot. Of, I found out a lot of things that year. They would yelled me out, at, they yelled all kinds of things at me in the outfield. Um, but I thought it was the but, fr-
0: the friendly confines. They don't say anything mean. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you're a cub there friendly <laughs> so, yeah no it's great good to talk to you uh good luck with your podcast uh, you got great questions good energy and uh yeah keep it going my friend i'll talk to you soon bob thank you you got it, you got it.
0: bye-bye with the lucky land sluts you can
1: get lucky just about anywhere